Welcome to the Life Melbourne podcast. We're so glad you're joining us for another hope-filled message. We pray that you're encouraged by this powerful word from our Sunday service. Incredible to be here. I hope, like me, you guys have been enjoying the First Things First series. Um, the, we had My Divine Supply Line by Pastor Paul a few weeks ago, and as Pastor Will mentioned, and with Pastor uh, David, we had The Wonder of Prayer last week. I encourage you, if you haven't seen any of those, to check them out online. And today, tag-teaming with Pastor Daddy, we are going to be looking at the importance of church. And I guess a, a, a name for the message could be Planted and Purposed. You know, a scripture that always inspires me about God's plan and purpose for the church is in Ephesians 3, 8 to 11, and it's talking of God, and he's saying, his intent was now that through the church, his manifold wisdom of God should be made known to all the rulers and even the authorities in the heavenly realms. In other words, God's intent for us in the room online a part of life in Melbourne, his intent for us is to make plain and simple the wondrous work that he has, the life-changing message that he has for the people of Melbourne. And we are all a part of playing a position to outwork the truth of God and to create an atmosphere in the house of God, the church of God, where it is so evident. That is a big plan a big vision, a big purpose to be a part of. And I want to encourage you, if you've ever wondered what your purpose is, what your plan is, I want to tell you this morning, you are sitting here, you are watching here. This is the plan and purpose God has for you to make his message known throughout the world, but particularly for us throughout Melbourne. What a privilege it is to be a part of showing the world, our families, our friends, our connections, showing them what things look like when God's in charge of our life. We're a called people, we're a set apart people. Our lives look and sound differently. They sound and look like God and people are attracted to that. It's a life that is living a life of hope and faith. So this morning, I'm gonna share three ways that God uses the church to outwork his plans and his purposes. So firstly, God put the church together for a way to people to connect with him. Church is God's idea. It's not a person's idea to come and sing to some songs, chat in the foyer, get incredible coffee, have a message, have our kids um, having fun and learning about God. That's not a person's idea. Church is God's idea. This plan that God has for a space for an atmosphere to be filled with his presence, where things are different, chains are broken, bondages are broken, freedom is grained. This is God's idea. The presence that is rich with the truth of God and his word is on full display. This is the physical outworking of God's original intention for us, his people here on earth. Let's get that today. We are now a part of God's original intention for what the world should look like. How incredible. And each of us have this inbuilt desire to be a part of it. Ecclesiastes 3.11, he has set eternity, 
the desire to be a part of God's plan. He has set it in the heart of every single individual. We all have this sense of divine purpose in our hearts, an urge to be a part of God's house, an urge to be building the house. Often times when we find ourselves frustrated and disappointed in life, it could be because we're not prioritising being a part of working out the plan and purpose God has for us in the house of God. You know, I remember when I came to know the realness of God in my own life. I was 18 years old. It was a Sunday morning. I hadn't slept. I'd been out all night. But I was personally in a place in my life that I had such hopelessness. I had no passion for the future. I had no thought toward what my future would be like. And this one Sunday morning, very early, unexpectedly, um, God revealed himself to me. And just suddenly, I just knew the truth of who God is and what his plan was. And you know, the first thing that I thought after having this incredible moment with God was, I gotta get to church. I think there's a song about it now, take me to church, but I gotta get to church. And you know, God's put that in us, that we wanna be a part of his church. I was chatting with some incredible people uh, that call this place home, Denise and John, many of us would know them. We love them so much. And I was chatting with them and they were both sharing their story of how they came to know God. And both at different times came to know God, but both had the same um, thought or the same longing and desire. When they knew the truth of God, they had an urge, I've got to get to church. I've got to be a part of a place where I can come and experience the presence of God, the wonder of God, that I can be strengthened and built upon and create incredible friendships. Church this morning, let's never get familiar with what we are a part of, with the atmosphere that we're creating for other people. And this is God's heart for the church. You know, God desires for us, for you, to have a place to come to, to be refreshed, to be restored, to be encouraged, to be empowered, to know the plans that he has for you, to have prayer, to have a ministry team that will stand alongside you. This is the heart of God, for you to have a place where you are covered. And I just wanna say in this moment how incredibly blessed we are to have the wonderful pastors, Pastor Craig and Nadia, who love us and lead us so well, who go before God, but with all of their being, with all of their life to lead us to his place and to what he's calling us as a church. And with Pastor Paul and Marie, we are so blessed. God sets us up when we prioritise being in his house. Let's never get familiar and comfortable with being a part of making church a reality because there are thousands of people that haven't experienced this yet. There are thousands of people within our community that haven't had the revelation and been a part of coming into a place where God's presence is so rich and so real. So point two is God put the church together to connect with our community. It's about partnering with God to show the world what things look like when he's in charge. Every time I think of that, it blows my mind. To show the world what things look like when God's in charge. When we look at the incredible work that has happened in history over time through the church, through people coming together, we see the most amazing things happen that reflect the heart of God for people. For example, the hospital was pioneered by a church gathering together to create places for people that were needy to come and be looked after. 
This is one example of God's heart being outworked through his people, through his church, to show the world what things look like when God's in charge. He wants you to be looked after. Let's create a space. Um, By the end of the fourth century, a medical revolution took place where the first Christian hospital opened and it's said today that it is to the Christians one must turn to for the reason for the modern hospital. This is one of the many ways that have been pioneered to show the wisdom of God. Remember the scripture I shared at the beginning that it's his intent that we would show the wisdom of who he is. And that is one of the ways that we show the wisdom of God. We're called to outwork his ways, but are we making space in our life to be a part of doing it? You know, sometimes it can be hard work. Yes, caring for people is inconvenient sometimes. It can feel messy sometimes. But I love this scripture that God has for us. It's in the Colossians 1, 9 to 12. And it's Paul the Apostle. He's in prison and he's writing a letter to encourage the Colossian Christians to keep going, keep staying in your lane, keep making a way for other people to come and know me. And it says, we pray that you would live well for the master. And this is the same prayer for us today, making him proud of you as you work hard in his orchard. Orchard, as you learn more about how God works, you will learn how to do your work. We pray that you'll have the strength to stick it out over the long haul, not the grim strength of gritting your teeth, but the glory strength that God gives. It is the strength that endures the unendurable and spills over into joy. Thanking the Father who has made us strong enough to take part in everything bright and beautiful that He has for us. Anybody with me when we've done stuff through gritted teeth? (laughs) What an encouragement that he gives us the ability to endure what we think is unendurable when we partner with the wisdom of God and the strength of God. Incredible. It can be tough, inconvenient to love people, but he gives us strength. And I love how Pastor Craig a few weeks ago shared that when we step into the authority God has given us here on earth, when we step into our calling, there is a divine ability that comes along in the moment. Are we stepping out, trusting God that He is going to give us a divine ability to outwork what He has placed and purposed our calling in our life? It takes God, but who knows it takes us as well. He's not gonna do all of the work for us. You know, maybe for us, it won't be starting a group of a hospital. I mean, that could be a new life initiative, like these guys that pioneered hospitals through their homes. Anybody up for that? (laughs) All the people that wanted to be doctors put their hands up. Um, But we can carry out our part, our calling, and it can look like things like being a part of our teams, of Life Community Kitchen. It can be a part of making meals through the week for families that are in need. I was reading a report that describes the modern church, and this is what it says. There are so many churches that are looking more and more like a football game, where they stand, as from the stand, a crowd observes a small number of players that put on a great game. Those that put forth the effort need rest, whereas the spectators desperately need to exercise. The point being that the people that fill our churches on a Sunday must discover and realize how useful and necessary they are in the divine plan of building God's church. We have been born for such a time as this, with the skills and abilities you have for such a time as this, 
planted at life in Melbourne for such a time as this? Are we using the skill, ability and following the plan and purpose that God has for us to see his ways outworked in our world and in the world of others? I love that we have an incredible culture of serving and loving people in church. In fact, I was chatting with some of our team, Vic and Winston, and Vic was telling me how Winston comes and serves on a Friday night. He's not youth. You can tell that he's not youth. And uh, he doesn't have youth, but he comes and he serves. I love that I was here during the week, midweek, and I saw Christine, who's a part of our church, and she was coming to learn how she can be involved in Community Kitchen. It's people making space in their lives to be a part of building God's house. You know, we don't ever want to get to a place, and this is a prayer of mine, that someone misses out on being cared for or encouraged because we're not doing our part. Number three, God put the church together to connect with each other. In the book of Acts, when the church was at its strongest, it says to, uh, in Acts chapter 2.44, all believers were together. When people are together, we are at our strongest. There are 100 togethers in the New Testament. In other words, there are 100 things you can't do trying to go it alone or disconnected. That's another song, I think. Is that 101? I don't know. Here are just a few of them. You can't have friendship alone. You can't trust alone. You can't belong alone. You cannot apply full coverage of sunscreen alone. You can't play frisbee alone. You can't share values alone. And how incredible is it when you find someone who likes the same stuff as you, has the same values as you? If you chat to my 10-year-old son about the Titanic, instant best friend status. You know, God has wired us to be connected to do life together. We are stronger together. And as I finish up now and invite, invite Pastor Danny to come, I just want to finish with this thought um, in Hebrews 10.25, and it says, let us, not meet, let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and even more as you see the day approaching. You know, God hasn't designed us to do life alone or life for ourselves. He has designed us to do church with others. We're stronger together and he's designed and planned for us to make plain and simple his intent to make a place for us to connect to God, to connect with our community and to connect with each other. So I'm going to pass over to Pastor Danny, who is going to continue this message. Love it. Why don't we give Keena a hand for that? Amazing. I love when, you, when you're doing a tag team preach and you get together like a couple of days before and you're like, what do, you, what do you feel that's on your heart? And you get to share that thing. And you see that God's weaving something special together. And I really believe that today God's going to speak something fresh for us. For everyone online, God's speaking freshly, which is amazing. But I love this whole reality of the church. And I just want to share a moment, uh, my, a bit of my journey. But I grew up uh, in the church, raised in the church. Uh, my parents didn't. They found God when they were young adults. Uh, I think my dad was around uh, 22 or 24 and my mum was four years younger than him. They were just dating at the time. And uh, they had a radical encounter with God and they ended up going to church and dragging all us kids along um, growing up, which was amazing. But 
when I was about 13 and uh, 14, I was in high school and I, I just had this moment where, you know, sometimes, you know, we all know this, but the church isn't perfect and people aren't perfect, but I got focused on people's imperfections and uh, decided in myself at that time that if uh, X, people are doing X, Y, Z, then why do I have to live to any standard? And this was I'm not saying this is right thinking and I don't justify this, but decided to go, man, you know, stuff this Christian life thing, if I'm really honest. Um, stuff living for God. I don't really want to do this whole Christian thing. It's not cool. Uh, I'm going to go out and be cool with my mates and get involved in the world. And who's to judge, right? Uh, you listen to a bit of Tupac and he used to sing, Only God Can Judge Me. So I sit in there going, Only God Can Judge Me, which is not a good song. <laughs> Didn't lead me down a good path. But basically, four, four years later, I found myself so broken because I'd gone into the world and I just said yes to anything that the world would offer. At six, the age of 16, we're going to nightclubs with fake IDs and just a, a life that was really just based on trying to get a high, trying to, trying to get escape the pain. And I guess we all go through certain things and we turn to different things in our life. But that's where I found myself. And I found myself coming to my knees and saying, Jesus, if you are real. I was 18 years old, I had this crazy bad weekend and was just so empty and broken and just felt like, what's the point of life? I said, Jesus, if you're real, I need you. And in that moment, I felt God come into my life. I felt the overwhelming uh, power of God touch me. His love touched me. I felt like I was a brand new creation as the, as the Word of God says. And everything changed from there. But God started to show me a different, I guess, perspective to the church. The fact that the church is His only plan to save this world. That the church is God's blueprint to seeing society impacted and changed with His purpose, with His presence and His reality. And slowly I started to fall more and more and more in love with the church. And not just falling in love with the church, but God gave me a desire to build the church. And uh, that's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about how we can build the church because it's one thing to be a part of the church, but it's another thing to build the church. And I believe even out of this season that we've come through that God's calling His church to build in a fresh way, to build with a fresh passion, to build with a fresh fire to see our world changed. So a few ways that I want to look at today that we can build the church is that we firstly have to build with a revelation of Jesus. Matthew chapter 16, Peter's talking with the disciples and he turns around and he says to the disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And the disciples say, some say it's John the Baptist and others say Elijah and still others Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. And some funky stuff going on there. Some people think someone's raised from the dead 400, 500 years later. But Simon Peter turns around and he says, you are the Christ the son of the living God. And Jesus said to him, blessed are you, Simon Jonah, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are now Peter. And upon this rock, upon this revelation, upon this grasping of you knowing that I'm the son of God, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not overpower it. And I'll give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And I love this because we have to build on a revelation of who Jesus is. 
You know, right now there's many ideas of what the church should be, what it shouldn't be. There's many ideologies that are floating around. I mean, all you have to do is go on Instagram and there's a page or a person and who knows who they are, but telling you exactly how the church should be and how, how I guess, all the wrongs it's got. And sometimes we've got these ideas that are supposed to be a comfortable idea or it's an idea that starts to make sense to the culture and the times and it needs to be progressive. But I feel like God's saying, no, 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 no. Don't walk away from the fact that it has to be built on the revelation of Jesus. Jesus, the cornerstone, that everything we do is built upon who He is. That we are called not to conform Jesus to the world, but to be conformed to the image of Christ. That's the calling on the church, to be conformed to His image. Because when people see His image, when people see Jesus through us, as Kena said before, it starts to change the way people see their lives. It starts to change the way that they see that they have dignity, that they have hope, that there's a God that loves them. And right now, we're, we, need a, we need a church to rise up and shine brightly and shine boldly to this world. Another way that we can build the church is we have to prioritise what Jesus prioritised. It starts with the first thing first, with priority. You know, Jesus, He died for the church. You want to talk about priorities. He died. The, the Bible calls the church His bride. It calls the church many things, but one thing that it calls it is His bride. And when you think about that reality, I mean, your, your bride or your spouse, it's the closest relationship that you're going to have in this life. You know, many of us, if we haven't uh, engaged in that closeness of relationship, we desire to one day have a bride, to have a husband or a wife because we desire, we're built, we're designed for proximity, we're designed for relationship. And how cool that Jesus calls us, He calls you and I online, He calls us His bride. It's the most amazing thing that He calls us His bride, it says that He loves us in that way, that He would see us as His bride and He died for us. And in, when you see the birth of the church come to place, the birth, of, I guess, of the bride, we see it in Acts chapter 2, and Kena touched around this verse, but Peter's there and they get filled with the Holy Spirit, which I'm believing that we're going to have an encounter in the next couple of weeks, an Empower Weekend with Pastor David Hall coming. But it says that they, Jesus said to them, He goes, hey, wait until the power of God comes. Wait till the Holy Spirit comes. I'm going to send you another. So the, the disciples and a whole bunch of people, 120 people are waiting. They get baptised in power. They get baptised with the Holy Spirit. And Peter, same guy who has this revelation, funny enough, right, gets up and he stands in front of all the people and he does this amazing message I guess it's the first message after Christ has been uh, died, buried and resurrected and the Holy Spirit's come. The first message to people and people are struck to the heart. We pick it up in Acts 37. When the people heard this, they, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. How amazing is repentance? And you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and who all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. And with many other words, he warned them and pleaded with them, save yourself from this corrupt generation. And those who accepted this message were baptized. And about 3,000 were added to their number that day. And then they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. And everyone was filled with awe at the many signs and wonders that were performed by the apostles. But I love this thought that 3,000 were saved that day. But they weren't just saved. 
they were added to the church. And straight away they said, hey, we're gonna devote ourselves. There's an element of devotion. And when you have devotion in your life, it's because you have priority. They said, hey, we're devoted to listening to the apostles' teaching. We're devoted to getting around the Word of God. We're devoted to breaking bread with each other. We're devoted to fellowship, to community. As Keenan was saying, we're devoted, as Pastor Dave said last week, to prayer. They devoted themselves. And this is what the church looks like. This is the plan that God has, that there's an element of our devotion that we go, hey, we're not just saved. We didn't just have a moment with a whole bunch of thousands of people and we're just a number, but we went beyond that and we said, hey man, we're devoted to this thing. Hey, I'm gonna, what I've received for myself, I'm gonna bring to someone else. My last point to build the church is that we have to be a carrier, not just a consumer. We have to be a carrier, not just a consumer. You know, our whole Western culture, our whole life is built around consumerism and consumption. We, we ultimately chase what we desire. Want a, want a job, a new job, you go chase that if you're not happy where you're at. If you want a new car, we go chase a new car. We chase our lifestyles, we go on our holidays, we eat at fancy restaurants or nice restaurants, the places that tickle our fancy. I mean, we went out last, I oh know that's a bit strange. Anyway, Friday night, Friday night, me and Talia went out, we got to celebrate our sixth wedding anniversary, which is today actually. So. But we had a great night. We went to this amazing restaurant and we're sitting there and we're getting served at this restaurant. And the, the cool thing about this restaurant, you don't even really need to read the menu because the waiter comes up and explains the whole thing start to finish where, where they got all the ingredients from. It's just out of control, right? But it's straight up consumerism. And it, I'm not saying there's anything necessarily wrong with that, but God's called us not just to be a consumer, He's not called us just to come to the banquet. Man, a power weekend is gonna be a banquet. It's gonna be an incredible time. But it's because he's called us to go beyond just consuming and he's going, hey, you gotta carry something. You gotta carry something to your world. You gotta carry something into your family, into your university, wherever you're at, we gotta carry something. You see, the church, as Pastor Paul always says, it is a hospital for the broken, but it's a hospital that heals. And then it teaches us to help others in their journey. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 10, I love this scripture. It says, He who descended is himself also the one who ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. Talking about Jesus after he died and was buried and descended into hell, went up into, the hev into heaven, seated at the right hand of the Father. And he gave to some as apostles, some as prophets, some as evangelists, some as pastors, and some as teachers. These people call this the fivefold ministry but it is for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. You know, sometimes we think it's the fivefold ministry or the, the, the people with the gift or with the microphone that are called to be equipped for the work of the ministry, but it's the complete opposite. They're called to equip us. We're called to be equipped as the church for the work of the ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to become a mature man or woman to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. And that's the challenge that God's put on my heart when I was preparing for this is that where do we see ourselves? Are we still at that place of consumerism? Or are we moving beyond going, hey, I'm gonna carry something? Are we coming to church and going, what does the church do for me? 
which there is an element where we come to that when we first walk in. We need to be encounter salvation. We need to encounter the presence of God. We need our brokenness to heal. God knows at 18 years old when I first walked into the church, man, I was broken and I just needed to lie down on a hospital bed and I needed people to wrap their arms around me and tell me that God's got you, God's forgiven you, God's restoring you. And it was incredible, but there was a moment where God said, hey, it's time to get up off that bed and get to work because people need what you is on your life. People need what you carry. What perspective do we have? And I believe God's calling us to change and flip our perspective to go, hey, I'm gonna be a builder. Hey, you, don't, you might not have it all together, but that's okay. God's calling us to build as we are. You know, it's easy after the last two years of lockdowns and isolation and everything that came with COVID to see church as more as a, of a cruise ship. Even life itself, we've come out of, I guess, a time where things haven't been busy. We've been very laid back because we had to be. Hey, made me stop and reassess a few things, which is incredible. But at the same time, it can, you can seem like, hey, we're just gonna cruise through life now. And we can love everything that a Sunday provides, kids ministry, youth ministry, great coffee, the worship, the word that there's such incredible, authentic people here. I mean, how amazing is our church? And all this is amazing. It's great. But I love Pastor Craig when he spoke about that prophetic vision God gave him about the battleship. You know, both ships, both a battleship and a cruise ship, they can offer the same things. But one is built for comfort, one's built for consumerism, and the other is on a mission. It's on a mission to see things happen, to see things shift, to see people's lives changed. You know, Pastor Craig said that we're a battleship and we're called to carry. Called to carry people, we're called to carry something to people. That we're called to equip, to be equipped. That we're called to deploy. And that ultimately we're called to recover. And the reality is, is that we have a world right now that needs recovering. We have a world that needs Jesus. We have a world that doesn't need a dead or powerless church, but we need a world that needs a church that's gonna stand up in the power of God and say, hey, we got an answer. We don't have it all together, but we got a person and His name is Jesus and He changes absolutely everything. He can change your whole life, a complete 180 degrees. No matter how far you're gone, it doesn't matter. God can rescue you even from the depths and the pits of hell. God can come in there and restore your life. He's the God of the turnaround. And we're called in this time and season to bring Jesus to every sphere of influence. It's a revival season. It's a season, as Pastor Paul declared, of souls and miracles. And I believe God's asking us, what is your part to play? Not just to consume, but to go, hey, when I consume, I'm called to carry something. Hey, I've eaten at the table and now I'm called to bring a bit of bread to someone. Monday morning, I'm gonna get up and say, hey, Holy Spirit, who can I speak to today? Who can I encourage today? Who can I share the wonder of Jesus today? And God's gonna open doors. And I believe that God's gonna take us into this next season and see the church built in an incredible way. Come on, you're thankful for the church this morning. We trust that you are encouraged by this powerful message. You always have a place to call home here at Life. And we invite you to join us for our Sunday services at our Melbourne campus. If you're not in Melbourne, then join us for Church Online, wherever you are in the world. Just head to lifeau.org to stay connected and find out more.